All right, episode nine of Hitting the Gap podcast. We're still rolling, man. Having fun doing this too. Still, God, I'm glad. I know I'm waiting for the complaints about the drive. Not, I haven't complained at all. You haven't today. I have. I didn't last week. You didn't either. last week either. Was it a smooth drive? Is that why? No, it's <laughs> like I experienced something one time. I, I I assume moving forward, it's going to be that way. Okay. By I, the way, I, I label these podcasts um, explicit. I, so. I saw that, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you experience something one time and you come back again, like. And you complain again, you sh- you're just a moron, right? Like the traffic was bad one time. I should I should then expect moving forward for the traffic to be bad. You make good points. Thank you. Let's see if you make some good points with the topics we have today. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start. Although again. I, I probably would cut that out though. That's probably not the best way to start this <laughs> podcast. To be honest with you. Okay. We'll, we'll review. And then you can leave all the rest of this so people go, so wait, people have what no did idea. Jeff just say? And then you can hit me up on Twitter at Jabin Sports and I'll tell you what I said. Well, there you go. So we're going to start off and, you know, I've had this disclaimer a handful of times now, but I'm going to do it again. UGA fans, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that should just be UGA season right there by laugh. <laughs> so start off with an apology, but oh, man. UGA got stomped 44 to 28. And robbery. it wasn't even that close. It, no, it was no. They, yeah, but the the bigger issue, and it's what we've been talking about since the beginning of this podcast, is the quarterback situation at UGA, and not just the situation, but Kirby's handling of the situation. The so Bennett and Mathis. So they pulled Bennett, put Mathis in. Yep. They had a combined nine completions. I mean, but they only attempted like not ten passes, right? So sixteen for Bennett, thirteen for Mathis. But my, the problem with that is, is that you're down. I mean, it was forty-one. What forty-one sixteen? I think at one point or close to that. Forty-one twenty-one. Sure. And, it was forty-one twenty-one. I know that for sure. Okay, and you still even when you pulled like Mathis had four pass attempts. When you're down by that much, I I don't understand what's happening with UGA right now in the quarterback situation and. My biggest problem is, you know, we keep talking about it, is Kirby Smart refuses to address what's happening. You have JT Daniels, former five-star guy, come from USC, not playing. He was fully dressed at the game. He was in pads. He had his helmet. Like, why do you go back? Why do you go to Mathis instead of putting in this guy that you had so much, you know, this highly touted guy? I just, I don't understand it. You know, I, I think it just it comes down to like who holds Kirby Smart accountable. Apparently, right. nobody. Right, and that's my point. Right, like nobody's holding him accountable. We all know, and look, I think you know between the two of us, we probably know most of the media people in this town, TV, radio, whatever. And we may not be on like first name basis with them, basis with them, right? We may not be able to text them or call yeah. them. Um, but like, if you see certain somebody's like, you know who that is, right? Like you've, you've rubbed elbows with them. You've, you've covered certain games with them Mm -hmm. or certain teams with them. So like, you know who everybody is. None of them have the balls to ask questions that need to be asked. And why? Because they want to make sure that their, that their access to UGA football is kept intact Yep. because UGA football, uh, has, has essentially made it known that they will pull credentials for media that doesn't fall in line with the way they want it to. And, you know, I, I think it's maybe I'm a hypocrite for saying that because, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever it was, I wrote for for rubbing the rock about how Clemson should think about starting to pull credentials for certain media people. But that was because they keep asking Dabo about non-football questions. 
right? Like, stop asking him about Black Lives Matter. Stop asking him about social justice. Quit things that, that, quite honestly, he's answered a million times that it hasn't changed his stance on. Ask him about football. What? Well, ask Kirby about football. Yeah. Why is it your last two five-star guys haven't been able to get on the field for you? But you've been accepted, or you you have been acceptable of mediocre quarterback play, and I don't even know that you can call this year mediocre. No, it's 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 subpar. They're awful, and, and nobody wants to ask about it. It's like the it's like the big ass dirty elephant in the room. Everybody can see and smell him, but nobody wants to talk about it. Well, I will say is some I think someone did ask him about going forward, who was going to start this coming week, and he refused to answer. He did. He, ref- he refused to answer if Stetson Bennett was going to be the starter this weekend. You know why? Because Kirby Smart is a bitch. I, I, I don't know how it's <laughs> Kirby Smart is a bitch. He only wants to play by his rules. He's like Nick Saban without any championships. You know, at least Nick Saban has earned the right to play by his rules. Yeah. Kirby Smart hasn't earned the right to play by anybody else's rules. Like he, he, uh, it's just it's absolutely absurd to me that this guy is allowed to keep like acting the way he does. Like, at least win. At least win. Like, this, remember, we were told that this was going to be one of their best teams ever. They basically brought back, what, three of their, or two of their, whatever. They brought back most of their starting, maybe not most of it, but I think their interior three guys all came back. Um, You were allegedly supposed to have the best running back room in the country. Um, You had all these great quarterbacks, which is fucking insane to me that you even thought that to begin with. Uh, but more importantly, remember, this was supposed to be the best defense that UGA has ever had. They mm-hmm. were supposed to be deeper, better, faster, stronger, smarter, and they are shit. Yeah. So I was talking to a buddy that you know lives in the Midwest, and you know all season long up until this week, he was riding high on George. He's like, man, guys, they're these all they're awesome. They're great. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, no, they're not. He's like, no, their defense, man, their defense is just where it's at. I'm like, just wait. Just wait for it. They haven't played anybody. Just wait for them to be tested. And he texted me when they were just getting molly whopped. He's like, UGA stinks, don't they? I'm like, I told you. They're fucking terrible. I told you. It's like, they once they were tested, they fell apart. And, you know, the defense, and I'm not saying that the defense isn't good. Cause it's it, fine. It, it might be. Yeah. But when you have the offense that they have right now, you will never know. Right. It's like watching the Bears play. The Bears yeah. have an amazing, they always have an amazing yes. defense. But their offense can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a t- you know getting the NFL a little bit. They were they lost the Bears lost twenty four seventeen. But you never felt like they were in that game. They never felt like, and that's how Georgia is right now. Like if they're winning, you're you're you know you're nervous, and if they're losing, you're like we're not coming back. If you are true, you know if you understand football, if you're you know a homebody or a, a homer of the team, you have your your optimism, but. You know, UGA this season, just they're not cutting it. There's a difference between being a homer and being stupid. And, <laughs> and right now, I think a lot of UGA fans are being stupid because they don't want to admit that Kirby Smart's not the dude. I've seen so I've seen a lot of them kind of waking up on social media. Um, somebody on Facebook I saw, you know, comparing him to Mark Rick now. You, you, you get a lot more of those comparisons. I don't even need you to compare him to Mark Rick, right? Because he's not even the, the, the type of guy that Mark Rick is. No. Right, like I think that's that comparing Kirby Smart to Mark Richt is, is a disservice to Mark Richt because he Agreed. was a great man. Agreed. Like he treated everybody with respect. He graduated, and I don't know that Kirby Smart doesn't graduate guys, but he doesn't. Like I've covered a handful of his press conferences, post games before wins and losses, and he's just an absolute dick. Yeah. And 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 Mark Richt was never that guy. What well, do you think? Do you think it? You know, it's a symptom of being one of Nick Saban's. 
you know, assistance. Very well could be. You know, that's just kind of the mentality he the watched and he see he saw, he worked with him, he he saw the way Nick Saban operated, and maybe he's just kind of taken over that that mentality. Yeah, it, and, and and it just I mean again though, it, you know, Nick Saban earned it, right? Exactly. I mean, you're, it's if never you're gonna, cool to be an asshole. If you're going to talk the talk, yes. you got to walk the walk. Yes. And as much as you know, I there's been plenty of things that Nick Saban has gone off on at a press conference or got pissed off at the media or just any just in general. And, you know, it rubs me the wrong way, but he goes out there and wins. And, but if you're not winning, then it's like, yep. then you look even more like a prick. Yeah, and then, you know, let's let's remember, if you're going to act like Nick Saban, you need to act like Nick Saban yeah. and, and need to go ahead and start the best guy at every position, which is something Kirby doesn't do, which is something that Nick has shown. You know, Nick is not scared to, to no. bench a, a three-year starter in a national championship National game. championship game for a freshman. Yep. So you know, you know, it's it, it's if it, you can't you can't just simply pick and choose what qualities qualities you want to have. Like you need to go ahead if you're going to be all in and imitate this guy. You need to be all in and imitate this guy. Yeah, you know, we look at that situation with Saban where he pulled Jalen Hurts, season guy, Heisman. You know, Heisman favorite at one point for Tua, who was a freshman. But then you have Kirby over here. And you know, based on what we what we know and don't know about JT Daniels, we don't we don't know why he's not playing him. So we're going to assume it's on his own his own decision. You're sitting here rolling with yep. a a fourth a fourth string quarterback when you have another guy who is a five star recruit on the bench in full pads. Right. If he was on the sidelines in a tracksuit or just a jersey, no shoulder pads on, you know that helps explain some things away. But when he's on the sideline as Mathis is warming up. And he's in his he is fully padded up and you don't put him in. I don't I don't know what the problem is. We'll find out. And I'm not even a Georgia fan and I'm frustrated. I can't imagine what like actual Georgia fans are going through right now. Yeah, I'm not. I, I just I, I enjoy watching all of it. I, I enjoy taking it in. I enjoy the tears. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I just you know, having lived here since you know, for the last almost twenty five years, um I have some pretty good friend, you know, friends that that are UGA alumni, and you know, some other ones that that played at UGA, and you know, so I I, I, I am surrounded by Georgia people, but the fan base as a whole just they're they just they're just come across as dickish, yeah. like entitled like for talk. no reason. They like to talk and they yeah. like to ride the waves of their conference success without yes. without contributing to that success. Holy shit! Like you haven't won a national title since. Well, I was 80, born. 1980. I, I was I was like six months old the last time you won a national title. Mm-hmm. Like, shut the fuck up already. Yep. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I completely agree. And, you know, so we've been talking about UGA. We're, we're going to – the next two topics hit close to home for me and Jeff. You know, and we're only talking about it because it's relevant. And we'll start with Clemson and Notre Dame. I know it was a tough game to watch mm. as a Clemson fan. Mm. I saw your Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, but my Twitter is almost always like that during games. So <laughs> no, I know, I know. Go back and look at the BC game. It Agreed. was basically the same. Agreed, but that was there. It was still a tough loss. Eh. It was a loss that you know. It was a loss. I don't know if it was tough. Well, a tough loss in the sense that if you had the players that you needed, like Trevor Lawrence, you wouldn't have been a loss. Mm. I don't think so. Um, but the the question doesn't the question isn't whether or not Clemson is good because we know Clemson is good. The question is is this win for Notre Dame. You know, does this erase some of the doubts that people and myself included have about that program? You know, do are they a legitimate contender to make the playoff? Can they win the ACC? Will they beat Clemson? You know, two times if they face them again in the, in the conference championship. I'm still not sold on that. I didn't see anything that they did 
when I was awake and going back and watching the highlights, I didn't see anything that they did that wowed me. That makes me think, hey, you know, they could. This is a sustained success. To me, it was a one-off. It was they had to do it in double overtime. It wasn't like they dominated the game. And so, as a Clemson fan, somebody who who was paying attention the whole time. I would love to hear your thoughts. So, look, I, I'm not going to be one of those Clemson people that gets on anything, whether it's social media or this podcast or anything else or Facebook, like wherever, and be like make excuses, right? Notre Dame came out, they made the plays they had to make, and they won the game. Yeah, right. Like that's, I, I give I give them all the credit in the world. I, I, you know, a lot of people keep pointing, and I'm not saying you. People are pointing to to Trevor Lawrence being out. To me, the guys you're missing mm-hmm. on defense meant a whole lot more. I mean, you're missing five guys on defense, but you know, look, Notre Dame but was that's missing. A, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that. Sure. You know, if you don't pay attention to the program, you don't know they're missing five people on defense. Right. I, I just learned that just now. Sure. Because I, you know, I didn't pay attention. I mean, you know, you look at, at there were nine different starters out on both sides of the ball this week, right? So it's not like they were playing with with their full deck. Yeah. And and again, I'm giving Notre Dame all the credit in the world. Will Clemson beat them if if they show up in Charlotte December 19th? I, I don't know. Um, I, I'll tell you the one thing that I thought um, Notre Dame did really well was it's something they've always done really well. Those block up front, right? Like their offensive line is continuously one of the best in the country, and they got five guys who have now started 142 straight games, right? Like that's or not 142 straight games, but they've got you know they've combined for 142 yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of time, right? And and you look at Clemson, they had a bunch of true freshmen, yeah. right? Like that. That's a huge difference, uh, and, and so. You know, I, I was more disappointed in, in the coaching aspect from Clemson. I expected more out of them. But to answer your question, I think we will find out more about Notre Dame this week than we did last week. It's easy to get up for the number one team in the country, right? Like, everybody can do it. And, and you know, if you're an Alabama fan, you know this. If you're a Clemson fan, you know this. If, if you're an LSU fan, you know this. Teams get up for big games. Ole Miss may only play one good game all year, but, damn it, they gave Alabama everything they could handle. Right, Syracuse may only play one good game every week, and they gave or every year, excuse me, and they gave Clemson all they could handle. Right, teams get up for big moments. <clears throat> can Notre Dame get past this game? Right, you beat the number one team in the country. You beat a team who's been to five straight college football playoffs. You beat a team who's been to four of the last five national championships. Uh, and by the way, a team that beat your ass two years ago. Can you now get back up seven days later and go play a Boston College team in Chestnut Hill who is not Clemson, right? Boston College is a very good football team. Uh, having watched them in person, it, it it's going to be a much closer game than I think anybody expects it to be. But this is going to be the week we find out if Notre Dame is for real. Can they go on the road after a big win and play good football? If they can, then yes, this team is absolutely for real. If they don't, this is the exact same team that everybody thought it was. Agreed. And, you know, there's still a decent amount of season left, but you have Notre Dame's remaining schedule. Boston College, they're 5-3. and three. you got North Carolina, right now, North Carolina, they're 5-2. and two. You know, Syracuse, they're 1-7, and seven, so that's, you know, that's a give me. And then they got Wake Forest at 4-2. and two. So, you know, they're not playing cupcake games going forward. The ACC's got some decent no. teams this year. It's just going to be a and matter And they very easily could lose two of those games. Exactly. So, I mean, yes, you – Piggybacking on your point, it is very easy to get up for the big game, the primetime game. And Notre Dame, you know, they're they're a huge brand. They're not they're not immune to playing in on the, in the spotlight. They understand what that is. They understand what that means. So it's not, you know, they can get up for it easily. Yes, it's going to determine, like you were saying, going forward. So uh, my personal opinion, I I don't think they're the team 
that people think they are right now. I think they're the team that everybody expects them to be. Um, to me, it was just, again, getting up for the big game. They got it done. They Everything fell right for them, whereas everything went wrong for Clemson, in, sure. in my opinion. Uh, just, the, just the way it looked on the surface. Uh, I mean, look, and, and I'm not an excuses guy <clears throat> for whether it's my for myself, my kids, my family, like my football teams. But yes, you know, when you go back and you look at who finished that game for Clemson, like it was they not only were they missing nine starters coming into the game, they had another seven guys get hurt during that game. Yeah, right. Like by the time you got to the double overtime, you're going, wait, holy shit, this guy hasn't played this year. Wait, why is he playing? Like, it was literally, oh, my God, what is going on, right? So, uh, I just I don't want to take anything away from Notre Dame, right? Because no. they played a great game. Um, you know, they played the team that was in front of them. They played the team that showed up in Clemson's uniform. And, you know, what? they won the game. Will it be different December 19th in, 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 uh, in Charlotte? It could be, right? It could be. Yeah. Um, but I think it also depends on, on you know, what happens – uh, between now and then, and, and you know who's healthy, who's not. There's there's just a lot, and, and you know I I hate the fact that like Ohio State people made excuses for last year, Notre Dame people made excuses for two years before that, Alabama fans make more excuses than just as many as, as Georgia people do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I am just not an excuses guy. Like Notre Dame showed up, they beat the team that was in front of them. You're now number two in the country in the most meaningless poll in America. Congratulations. <laughs> exactly. I think to me the most telling you know thing in all of this now that you told me that there was five starters on defense missing. You know, Clemson still put up 40 points with a backup quarterback. Yeah. All right, 40 points. Yeah. That normally wins a game. Yeah. You're missing five guys on defense and you allow 47 points. To me, that's the difference. In all fairness, they allowed 40 because Travis Etienne uh, had a fumble that was picked up in return for a touchdown. Yeah. But the, but the point is, is that, you know, <laughs> if most teams, if you put up 40, sure. you're that's a win. Yeah. You're winning that game. And so I think that's more telling that missing five starters on defense really hurt them. Now, granted, Notre Dame has put up 45, 42, 52. Sure. But, I mean, they put up 12 against Louisville. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of excuses, you're talking about, you know, people making excuses. And my team, Michigan Wolverines, um, have been making excuses since 2007. And I'm, I'm done. And that, you know, we're talking about that as our next topic. I will always be a Michigan fan. I will stand by the program. And I I've, I've defended Harbaugh for the most part since he's been at Michigan. And I don't think he is a lot of the problem right now. What? But. Wow. But. Wow. And the reason I say that. It, no, 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 get to your butt. But what? But I think it's time to burn it all down. I don't how how can you say a guy that is in charge of the program who is in charge of every facet of the program isn't the problem? Because if you if you watch the program even before Harbaugh when it was Hoke, before Hoke when it was Richrod, before Richrod when it was Carr, there for some reason it doesn't matter who we hire as offensive coordinator, it's the same thing year after year. I can go back to two thousand and five, and I can call the plays. I can tell you what they're going to do. It's it's a mindset, and I think it has to do with Michigan tradition and you know the way they want to do things, which is why I don't blame Harbaugh 100%. He could break the mold and go in opposite direction, but they won't, and I don't know why. Like, you know, we keep having problems with quarterback play, and we can blame the quarterback all day long, but when you're passing the ball on third and six, third and seven, third and nine, 
every single drive because you want to run the ball first and second down up the middle and get two yards. And then, of course, it's a passing down, and the quarterback is playing against, you know, obvious coverages that he, there's nothing he can do. And so it's it's the same old, same old, same old thing. And I'm just, at this point, I'm ready to just blow it up and, you know, get some young guys in, some coaches that understand that the game has changed and stop trying to do this, you know, oh, we're Michigan, we're going to ground, we're going to beat you on the ground. Like, at least if, at least be willing to change your game plan. So who's in charge of hiring offensive coordinators? The head coach. Oh. Oh. I, I, again, oh, oh. I, I said I blame Harbaugh, but I don't blame him 100% because you go back. But what, better, is it, what, does back, he, but what does he have to do with Brady Hoke? Nothing. But what does he have to do with Rich Rod? Nothing. Right. So then it is Again, squarely on. Doesn't matter what somebody does said, before you. And I said he could break the he could break the cycle. Right. He's choosing and he not hasn't. to. Right. That's on him. Again. I, and I said no. I agree that he is at fault. I don't put all of the fault because he has done a lot for this program. Michigan like. was in shambles before he got there. They had one good season oh, under Brady Hoke. One good season under Brady Hoke. In two seasons, he was a blocked punt against Michigan State away from making the playoff. And he was a fourth down that could have gone either way against Ohio State for making the playoff. So all of the things that I trash UGA for and you laugh at and you agree with, you're now okaying I didn't for say Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, not okay. Yeah. Oh, but you are, though. I'm not you're, okay. you're making excuses. I'm not making excuses. I'm saying Well, he that was only this play away. UGA fans can say the same shit every year. Well, we were only this play away. Okay, but you're not because your head coach doesn't know how to make big-time decisions. And that's why we're here now. I'm saying I'm ready to blow it all up. <laughs> right, but then stop making excuses no, for not, it. The excuse, I'm not making excuses. I'm saying that in the moment when we got Harbaugh, coming from Rich Rod era and Brady Hoke era where Brady Hoke had Didn't one good season. Didn't give Rich Rod enough, enough time. Bro, don't even go there. Didn't give Rich Rod no, enough time. No, sir. That was the dark ages, man. We don't we don't talk oh, about that time. Oh, come on. Anyway, coming from what we had, he consistently was winning 10 games. So it – Again, no, he didn't put us on the championship level. He was right there on the cusp. But now we've digressed again, and I'm done. I'm I'm just I'm ready to just I'm ready for a new direction, and I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season. I don't know if he's going to go back to the NFL. You know, if you'd asked me these questions before the season began, I probably would have been like, no, I want to keep Harbaugh. But at this point, you know, Don Brown, another one, the defensive coordinator, genius defensive coordinator. But when you don't have the players that you need you can't run the the defense he wants to run and he's getting burned all the time our dbs are terrible this year and he's still trying to run man coverage i just don't know i don't i, I just i wish i could get inside the minds of what their expectations are and why they're doing the things they're doing uh i i just don't i don't even know where to go with you man like you know brady hoke's best two seasons at michigan were with rich rod's players uh jim harbaugh he's, he's been fine but like when has Michigan ever been on the cusp uh, since 1997 of being a national title team? 2006, when they lost Ohio State by field goal. They were they had the number they had an amazing defense that year. It was Chad Henney, you had Marty Manningham, you had Brandon Graham, you had players, I mean all the you had players out the at the, you know Wazoo. Um, they were it was number one versus number two that season, and Ohio State ended up going to the championship and lost to Florida. Yeah, their their high that year in the AP was was two. Yep, they finished eighth. Yep, we lost to USC um, in the right. Rose Bowl that year. Okay, so let's see, two thousand six, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Lloyd Carr still there. That was his next to last season. Oh yep. seven was his last season. 
So they lost over the last like get him out of here. Two thousand. So the last thirteen seasons, right? They Mm -hmm. haven't like they haven't come close to sniffing a national title opportunity, right? But but you just said that they did. You just said I'm saying if they had beaten Michigan State. They were in the playoff. No, they weren't. Well, that's a, I'm sorry. No, if they beat Ohio State, they were in the playoff that year. I mean, but that would you would be better off coming out and saying, you know what, they haven't beaten fucking Ohio State. No, they haven't in, since in, 2011 was the last time they beat Ohio State. And e- I mean, even and there's then, no excuses for that. Like, like they're what one for their last like 13. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's been ugly, terrible. Like you just need to. Come, I'd rather you come out and say not on a cusp of a championship, but the fact that we can't beat Ohio State. No, that's the when. By the way, they've had the better team. Quite a few times I since then. Completely agree. Uh, I, but, I just, saying, but you're saying on the cusp of a championship, if they that that year, if they had beat Ohio State, they're in the playoff. So you can't say they haven't been on the cusp because that one year they were. That one year uh, again, on. again, for you know, pulling hairs now, they were that one year. Well, but uh, again, you're looking at. But you look at the team's record before before Harbaugh and then after Harbaugh, and it was more consistently. Nine, ten wins a season with Harbaugh. Sure, I mean, 10, and so that was the that 10, was, 10, 8, 10, 9, yeah. and and that well, was wow. yeah. And this year's different, but that was the that was the hope is that okay, we're we're there. He, he needs to get his quarterback. He needs to get his his players, and we've had his players, and nothing's changing. It's not getting any better. It's getting worse, which is why I'm done. I'm just done with. I'm done. With, like, I'm glad he came. He rejuvenated the 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 fan base. It, it made us you know hopeful again. But at this point, it's just, it's time to pull the plug. So who do you go after then? I have no idea. Honestly, I don't. I was joking with with Raya. You know, she's a Iowa alum. I text her dad, and I was like, "You got room for one more?" I was like, "At least, at least, as an Iowa fan, like a ten win season is exceeding expectations. So like, I can just watch every 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 game, and you know, if we win, it's I'm happy. <laughs> if we lose, it's like eh, it was expected. But as Michigan fans, it's just like you're always let down." Always let down. Well, but doesn't that mean your expectations are, are too high? Maybe. Maybe I need to reevaluate myself. Maybe that's the problem. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm not saying, well, I mean, it probably is, right? But, like, if but you're you coming. have to be. I mean, look at, okay, look at Clemson. No, no dude, that's a terrible fucking comparison. No, oh, Clemson, it was, oh, it is. Clemson was not good for a while. And then here they got Dabo Sweeney, and they have turned things around, and they are consistently in the top. So okay, uh, but as a Clemson fan, like your expectation is to be there. But no, but the expectations now are different. Why? Because they, there was a six-year build-up to the point where they got to a national title game. It was okay. They're not winning the big games. Then it was oh shit, we just beat LSU. Oh shit, we just beat Oklahoma. Oh shit, we just beat Florida State again. Like there was a build-up to this. Clemson still doesn't come, with the exception of the last two years. Clemson still hasn't come into the season as as the the. Uh, expected number like national champion. It changed last year yeah. after they'd won their second national title, mm-hmm. right? So no, the expectations are not the same for both programs. Michigan fans, for some reason, think that they are going to break through the mold. Clemson got to a point that their fans are finally there. I don't even want to know that. I want to say Clemson fans because it's a bunch of bandwagon people are pissing me the fuck <laughs> off. Uh, but my expectations and my best friend and I talk about this all the time. You know, in in the early two thousands. Like, we were marking our calendars, you know, going, okay, we should be able to be bowl eligible before South Carolina, right? Like, that was the goal was just get six fucking wins so we can go to a bowl game, right? Whether it was the Peach Bowl, which was not one of the A-list bowls back then or wherever, right? Gator, Citrus, like, whatever. 
uh, or you know, Belk, like whatever it is. Expectations have changed because they have proven themselves year after year after year. You know, even now, and my best friend took a lot of shit the other night because he wrote an article after the game because he writes for me over over rubbing the rock, mm-hmm. and it was this looks more like a gap year than a national title year for Clemson, and people were livid. Like so, yes, there are some Clemson fans who live in that, but there's been a, a seven eight year build up to that point, right? Like it was Dabble took over nine and four, 2010. All of a sudden, now they're back to six and seven, right? And then from that point forward, from 2011 on, it's been Oh, shit, LSU in the Peach Bowl, Oklahoma here, Auburn here, Alabama here, right? Like, it's been small increments of getting better. Yes, they've won 10 games. But even at a 10-2 and two record, I still was not going, okay, well, this is national championship material. I just wasn't because there weren't unrealistic expectations. If they don't win a national title this year, it's okay with me. Like, I'm not – like, this team is really, really young. And, yes, you have the best quarterback and the best running back in the country, but that – football's a team sport. And as you saw the other night, if you have, uh, if you're missing somebody or there's an injury or there's COVID, like there's a lot of different things. And so for me, the expectations this year were, can we get eight games in? And we have gotten eight games. So at this point, like I'm, I'm playing with house money at this point. <laughs> I got you. No, and I, and I get that. It's just, you know, as, as a Michigan fan, you know, you want to be optimistic and I've been optimistic. I'm just, I just don't, I don't, I'm just, I guess I'm just tired. Just sure. tired. Understandable. I'm just tired, man. You know, like the joke I made after we lost last week was, uh, you know, even in a shortened season, Michigan somehow, you know, disappointed me in October. <laughs> it's just like th- we got to October. I mean, consistency. Disappointed. Consistency. It is. It's consistent. That's for sure. <laughs> and speaking of, you know, consistent. Yep. Consistent has been that the playoff has been Power Five conferences. But. With the way things are shaking up this year, there's a small window that says a group of five team could make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Georgia, two losses. Florida is going to represent the East more than likely in the SEC championship game. I don't see them beating Alabama, two losses. Oh, you know, the Big 12, out of the mix. They're out, yeah. Completely out of the mix. The Pac-12, Pac-12 is out. didn't look good this weekend. You know, Oregon, USC, USC had to come back down. I mean, it just wasn't pretty football. And I understand, you know, they didn't get as much practice, and but I, I'm not. I don't think the Pac-12 makes it. No. ACC, you know, Clemson has a loss now. I have a feeling they're going to beat Notre Dame in the conference championship. That leaves a one-loss Notre Dame that might be able to still make it in there. Um, and then obviously you have Ohio State that's the favorite in the big in the Big Ten. But then you have BYU and Cincinnati sitting at six and seven right now, or seven and eight, is it? Just right there on the cusp. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati's been playing well. BYU, granted, BYU hasn't really had any competition because they're not playing great teams, but they're doing what's supposed to be done against those teams. So I guess my question for you, Jeff, is that does an undefeated Cincinnati or undefeated BYU, you know, do they jump a one loss Notre Dame or a one loss Texas A and M if you know they run the table? the rest of the season in, in the West? No, because if, if Texas A&M runs the table, I mean, you're looking at the SEC champion, right? And so that's... Well, so I thought they lost to Alabama already, didn't they? They have a loss. Right, but if if they run the table... If they win the rest of their games, they'll still be second in the West. Okay. Because Alabama. So then, no, they're not getting in, right? So there's there's your question answer there. So, no, even if Texas A&M runs the table, then, then no. 
you don't think it'd be like the year that Alabama didn't play for the no. for the championship SEC no. championship and made it? No. Nick Saban and Alabama had some built up credit there, right? Like, I, I the, don't disagree. There, Just... are, there there aren't a whole lot of other teams that have some built up credit, so th- that was the exception to the rule. Um, so no, there. I think Ohio State, as long as they win out, they're in. Um, if Clemson wins out, they're in. Notre Dame, if they can, if, if they lose a close game to Clemson in Charlotte, they're in. Right, so unfortunately, that means BYU and Cincinnati are out because of strength of schedule, which, by the way, is not their fault. No, it's not. Uh, you know, BYU was supposed to play several Pac-12 teams. I mean, they they lost a lot of money this year because of COVID, and so you know, I I think that unfortunately for them, this is going to be one of those years where they they probably have a legitimate argument, but they won't. No, and I think the college football playoff will do all that they can because it's all about money. Nobody wants to watch Cincinnati play. No. Alabama, Clemson, or Notre Dame, or the, the only the only uh, you know thing people would want to see if you watch football is uh, Cincinnati, Ohio State, just because Luke Fickle. Sure, you know, but no, I, I and I don't disagree with you. I, I do think that they'll find a way to put a, a one loss ACC or or AC or SEC team in to the into the playoff over a BYU or Cincinnati. But I think it'd be interesting, you know. And it, <laughs> but I think a team that that that. That could really ruin a lot of 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 people's ideas of twenty twenty is Indiana. Indiana looked good. Their defense looked strong. They've looked good the first three games this year. Like they've looked very very good. Yeah, they have. And let's see, they've got coming up next Michigan State, which I mean, let's be real, Michigan State. They should win that game. Should win that game. Then they got that's going to be the big game. It's going to be Ohio State. Ohio State. They play on the twenty first. Um, Okay, and that's going to be a, a test to both programs. You know, yeah. I, I'm really curious. You know what the what the spread in that game will be after you know once this week's over, and we kind of see with how they play against Michigan State. But you know, if they can, they got Ohio State, then they got Maryland, Wisconsin, and Purdue. You know, not terrible, not a terrible path. Mar- Maryland has been surprising. They've been very good. Mm-hmm. Tua's younger brother uh, has Playing had back to back very good games. We don't know much about Wisconsin because they play no. one game. Yeah. So I mean, how how crazy would that be? Is that you know, Indiana comes out, runs the table, and represents the Big Ten out of nowhere. You know, talk about a pandemic season. That would just be <laughs> unbelievable. So yeah, yeah, I I agree. I you know, you can't blame BYU for for their schedule. They're they're doing what they're supposed to do. But I don't I agree. I don't I don't think they they jump up and and make that appearance in, into the playoff. I think it's going to be a one loss. Probably more than likely, like I said, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, I think I think they probably find a way to put Notre Dame in the playoff again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think right now the ACC is sitting at their dream scenario, right? Yeah. Notre Dame two, Clemson four, um, with a rematch. Hopefully, on the horizon, if both teams can stay focused and take care of business, um, because if you have another classic like you had Saturday night, I don't know how you keep both of those teams out of the college football playoffs. No, I mean clearly they, you know. You have them as the top, you know, two of the sure. best teams in the country. They played like it right. the other night. Why, well, you know, you can't punish one from for losing the regular season like right. that when they played so well. So, you know, and before we go, we're gonna wrap it up with some uh, some upsets and some some matchups this coming week. Now, I think it's interesting. I didn't call it as my upset last week, but I mentioned it, and we both laughed about it because we didn't think it was realistic. Liberty, Liberty taking down Virginia Tech. You know, I mentioned it because they undefeated, they're playing well, but it's Virginia Tech. We're like, 
surely they don't come in and beat an ACC team. And they did it. 38-35. And one of the the dumbest, most best, awesomest ways to ever lose a football game. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know how else to put that. Um, I, I have long, long hated coaches uh, who try to ice kickers. Yeah. Like, I absolutely fucking hate mm-hmm. that. And I hate it with a passion. And, well, it, it, you know, it came back to, to bite Virginia Tech in the ass, and, and it couldn't happen to a better program. Um, so I'm I'm very <laughs> ecstatic about that. Yeah, no, that was a great win. So going through this week's matchups, uh, it's not. Let's see. I mean, there's not there's a not, lot of good matchups this week. Lot. There's not. There's not a single. There's not a single top twenty-five matchup, which makes sense while game days at the Masters. At the Masters, right? <laughs> I wonder what. So I mean, I haven't seen the setup for that or or what the plan is, but are they going to be covering? Like a game, or is it just going to be the master? You know what I'm saying? Like just at the Masters. I know they're going to be broadcast for the Masters, but you know UGA is close, close-ish. So I don't know if that's kind of like you know what the you know how they have the helmets out in front of the desk. I mean, for like South Carolina would probably be closer. University of South Carolina yeah. would probably be closer than than UGA would be. True, true. Um, I don't know. What are some games that you're excited to watch this week? Now, keep in mind that, that you've already had a couple with, with uh, Auburn and Mississippi State canceled. Mm-hmm. I hear that LSU, Alabama is going to be canceled. Um, yep, that could be moved. No, no, no. It would have to be canceled at that point. I mean, because the only – Oh, well, you're right. Because LSU is already playing Florida on the 12th, so it would have to be a no contest. Um, I, I think this Maryland-Ohio State game is going to be a much better game than people anticipate. Agreed. Uh, you know, people will call me a hater, and that's fine. Uh, I think Boston College pulls the upset like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Okay. I think they pull the upset over Notre Dame. I like it. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, other than that, I don't – you know, can Georgia State beat App State for I think like the third or fourth straight year? <laughs> That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about Texas A&M. Tennessee might give them some trouble. I know Tennessee's two and four, but – I mean, Missouri, can, can, can Georgia go on the road after getting their ass beat last week against Florida? Can they go on the road to play Missouri and get their head out of their asses? I think that's a big one to watch as well. Yeah, Georgia's an 11.5-point favorite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's an interesting one. Northwestern-Purdue. Northwestern's 3-0. and They are. And Purdue's 2-0. and Interesting matchup there. It's only a three-point spread. Northwestern win that one. I think they do. I, you know, I like Pat Fitzgerald. The Northwestern's coach, uh, he's you know played there, he's been coaching there. I think he just, I think he's maybe broke the record for wins there as a coach. Oh, I like him. I'm gonna go Northwestern there. But yeah, there's just not a lot of games. I mean, Washington State, Oregon. Doesn't maybe that you know could Washington State go ahead and knock the Pac-12 out of a playoff, a right. playoff berth? You know, USC's twenty, Arizona. Just not. There's just not any great yeah, football. There's, this there's week. not a whole lot. Looks like we'll be watching golf. Uh, Michigan, t- Michigan. By the way, they'll beat Wisconsin this weekend. More than likely, that, they always be, do that. That'll be an upset, right? Yeah. I, I mean, unranked versus thirteenth. Is Wisconsin? It, it there are they zero and one or one and zero? They're one and zero. Okay. Yep, they're one and zero. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. They beat Illinois. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come out and win that game. It's a seven thirty ABC game, so it's like the game for Saturday or for Saturday night. Uh, yeah, it's not a lot of good stuff. But, but yeah, I, I'm the ones you mentioned. I'm interested. You know, can Georgia rebound? You know, who's going to be the quarterback? We'll right. not. We'll, we'll talk about that on Monday <laughs> next week. 
the quarterback situation yet again at, at Georgia. But uh, yeah, man, I had a lot of fun talking today, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. It was uh, it no, was no complaints. No, it was interesting. You know, we're normally talking about overall college football stuff, so it was nice to kind of talk about our own our own things with Michigan and Clemson. Sure. So sure. we'll uh, we'll do this all again next week. Remember, interact with us on social media on Twitter. You can get us at Hitting T Gap. You can find me, my personal account, J Ransom TV. Jeff, you can hit me up on Twitter at J Ben Sports. Uh, you know what? If you want to know what I said at the beginning of the podcast, that was edited out. Go ahead and send me a DM. I'll <laughs> let you know exactly what that was. I might just put like a long. Yes, that would be amazing. And then we just come back from you know, from it. So that would be amazing. Y'all have a great week. Be safe, and we'll see you again on Hitting the Gap next week.